0: What up? Hello, everybody. Alex Kapitko here, centered from Reality Podcast. I'm kind of losing my voice today. It was a loud night of trivia. Did not do very well. Really, really not a successful night of trivia. But anyways, it's going to be a little bit shorter episode today. Um, But what I do want to talk about is Elon Musk. And then I want to talk about Mike Johnson, who obviously not the most normal guy. And things are getting even weirder. So let's start, though, with Elon Musk, our good buddy Elon Musk, who I think has done some good things. SpaceX, I like. I'm kind of a Tesla fan. I think Teslas have a purpose. I think, he, I think he really revolutionized the electric vehicle market, recycling rockets involving SpaceX. All of that stuff is pretty cool. And, you know, in the past, I found him kind of funny. I thought his ideas were kind of interesting. And then it seems like right about the Dogecoin period where he was really getting involved in that. And then he went on SNL and then, you know, goes down the road of buying Twitter, tanking Twitter and turning it into X. And he's kind of become what I would call kind of a horseshoe right wing figure. He appeals to kind of the RFK Jr., Vivek Ramaswamy and kind of overlaps with Trump a little bit. I've always felt like he was like, I don't know, 70, 80 percent genius and like 20 or 30 percent crazy. And now it seems like he's like 40 or 50% genius, and like the other half is just completely crazy. And I, I think he's kind of got into the troll lifestyle. I, I think really part of it is that, that he just enjoys the trolling. And I also think that he personally, individually, has been impacted by kind of the woke cancel culture, just life that's going on in the United States. And so I think he personally kind of has a vendetta against the online college woke left. I was reading an interesting piece about how his, I think, I think it's his oldest daughter, or I, I forget if it was his, his oldest daughter or just one of his daughters, but one of his daughters, I guess, came out as non-binary, and he's had kind of a tough relationship with her, and I guess she doesn't talk to him anymore. And I've, I've heard, according to the article, that he kind of took this very personally, and it really changed his views on the left and I think all of that kind of contributes to it. Again, I think still he's a smart guy. But anyways, what I want to talk about today is a pretty troubling, yeah, I would say troubling retweet or I guess you would call it, um, that he did over the week. And look, I mean, he has kind of danced around in anti-Semitism for a while. Not really directly saying anything, but he's dog-whistled. A lot of troubling rhetoric towards the Jewish community and particular he's always dog whistling about George Soros talking about how he's you know the puppet master kind of echoing a lot of right wingers in this kind of giant George Soros conspiracy you know and 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 so in this case he goes further though oh yeah we also have to remember that him and the ADL Anti-Defamation League have had quite a storied history <laughs> calling each other out and so n- none of this is particularly new But this week, Elon Musk really put, or retweeted, a pretty troubling thing. So basically, someone on Twitter said, I am deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to to the disturbing realization that these hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want the truth said to your face? There it is. I'm gonna reread that because I kind of I was, I was a little clunky there. I so so the, this original tweet was I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that these hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want the truth? There it is. And so Musk then responded and he retweeted it and he said you have said the actual truth. Now, getting into this a little bit, basically this is that great replacement theory where they're saying and it's and it's been a pretty popular theory for a long time in Europe. It's the idea of basically it's an anti anti-semitic conspiracy theory that basically talks about how the Jews want to bring undocumented minority populations into western Europe to you know reduce white majorities in these nations. It was echoed by Robert Bowers who was the Tree of Life synagogue shooter back in 2018 in Pittsburgh, really horrible guy. And and by the way, that, that Tree of Life synagogue attack was the worst attack on Jews in American history, in American history, of course. And basically, it's this idea that the Jewish community are puppet masters that want to ruin the white population by bringing in minorities. And look, <laughs> there are a lot of nuanced criticisms of Israel right now, of Netanyahu, of their pretty much indiscriminate bombings of Gaza, killing women and children and babies. There are very good critiques, and I have some of them towards Israel. But to come out and basically say this this anti-Semitic conspiracy theory about how these people are controlling populations and trying to get rid of the white race, it's a fun mix of anti-Semitism, like thousand-year-old conspiracies about the Jews trying to ruin society. Then you also mix in the Great Replacement Theory that the far right has really got on board with. And you put that all into a pot, and that's what we have here. And it's just, it's just unfortunate to me that Elon Musk, who in a lot of ways has done good things for the country and for technology and for the world, it's a shame that him, like a lot of other people in the last few years, has kind of gone down a pretty toxic rabbit hole. And, you know, I, I tell everyone that will listen, I talk with a lot of friends about this. I feel like COVID just broke a lot of people. And Musk is one of those people, because I remember first listening to him on Joe Rogan, you know, the one where he smoked weed and got in a bunch of trouble. I I, I, I like remember that conversation actually being pretty damn interesting. And then ever since he went on that on that first time, he's gone back and it's all about the Twitter files and the cover up and Hunter Biden and the woke left and Dr. Fauci's bad. And look, there could be nuanced criticisms, but he just likes to dog whistle and retweet or rezeat or whatever the hell we're calling it now and it's just unproductive and we have to remember this is the guy like it or not twitter is or x god is the biggest platform out there right now for this of course there's other options people say well if you don't if you don't like twitter go to threads or any of the other ones mastodon i don't even know, I don't even know if mastodon still exists but you get what i'm saying but the thing is is that everyone's on x and the problem here is that you have a guy running x into the ground in my opinion and he really seems to allow and support some of the worst people out there. I don't know why he bragged about bringing Trump back and allowing Marjorie Taylor Greene back on. I am totally for free speech, and I'm a free speech absolutist, but Twitter's a private platform, and it's okay to, if, if your business doesn't want to allow the craziest on there, but I guess the the irony here is that Musk actually is one of the crazy ones now. He is one of the ones that is posting just hateful stuff. And I guess <laughs> I guess it's interesting because do you remember it was back in October of 2022? The House Judiciary Committee put out a tweet and it read Kanye, Elon, Trump. <laughs> the timing was horrible, but at the time they saw that as kind of the holy trinity of the new right, of the NatCon right. And it was the pantheon of stable geniuses and Twitter trolls and culture warriors. Well, if you guys remember, right after that tweet, Kanye was hanging out with Trump and Nick Fuentes. And Kanye was on Alex Jones talking about how everything Hitler did wasn't that bad. And just going on anti-Semitic rants. And then, of course, you see people putting up posters in L.A. saying Kanye was right blah, blah, blah. I've seen that resurface now with all the Palestine-Israel stuff. I've seen people on my Instagram reels saying, you know what, maybe Kanye was right after all. And these are now leftists. But anyways, that tweet by the House Judiciary Committee has not exactly aged well. (laughs) I would would go out on a limb and say it has not aged too well because Kanye turns out to be mentally unwell at best, and maybe also a very vehement anti-Semite. Trump, we, we all know Trump. <laughs> you know, going in and out of courtrooms across the country, very stable genius. and then Elon has also kind of become a troll. I, I'll never forget that he was one of the ones putting out the theory that Nancy Pelosi's husband was having a gay affair with the guy that bashed him with the hammer. I mean just give me a break. Come on, I mean, it's just all of this is insane, but yeah that that tweet is bang the wall. Um, that tweet is always going to be stuck in my head Kanye. elon. Trump. And I think that really sums up the right. And, you know, I've, I've looked around online. I haven't seen a whole lot of backlash against uh, against Elon for this. And if there is, it's been on, like, CNN and The Bulwark, <laughs> which always criticize him anyways. And I, I just think it's bad. But one of the most powerful guys in the world is also now putting out these blatantly anti-Semitic theories at a time where both Islamophobia— and anti-Semitism are on the growth. It's dangerous. And look, if I was friends with Elon, I would pull him aside and say, hey, man, like some of this stuff is getting a little out of hand. You're seeming a little crazy. Let's like take a deep breath and get back to what you're good at. You're an ideas guy. You're, he, he's always reminded me kind of of a Steve Jobs, right? He's not the one who's doing all the technological work behind the, the inventions and the company, but he's the idea guy. He's bold, he's a little bit arrogant, and he's willing to do cool stuff that pays off sometimes. We don't need him running X into the ground, and we don't need him tweeting about the Great Replacement Theory and how the Jews are the puppet masters for getting rid of the white race. No. And I think you know it's bad when (laughs) Nick Fuentes reacts as well and also retweeted this same thing. And also we have to remember that, um, I think it was a day or two after the October 7th Hamas attack, Musk was forced to delete a tweet. And basically the tweet recommended this anti-Semitic account that was pretty prominent and it promoted a debunked video of the attack, blaming it as an inside job. He was one of the people talking about how Netanyahu did this as an inside job to basically preserve power. Crazy shit. (laughs) That's all I have to say. So... Anyways, I, I I always found him kind of cringy. Now I find him just annoying. The, the other thing I wanted to quickly talk about before we're out of here is that basically you guys know Mike Johnson, right? Our Speaker of the House, who actually might be a rhino soon because he actually made a deal with Democrats to not shut down the government. So who knows? His days might be numbered. Would not surprise me whatsoever. And anyways, I don't know if they didn't vet this guy. I don't know because... Yeah, he's soft-spoken. Peter Weiner, Weiner, <laughs> Werner. Sorry, um, Peter Werner calls him a soft zealot, and I think that is very true. But if, a lot of stuff is coming out about him, and you're like, I don't know if Republicans really want this. Is this guy is their image? This guy is their speaker. And what I mean here is that in October he was on a show with um, a Christian nationalist uh, MAGA pastor named Jim Garlow on the World Prayer Network. And basically, Mike Johnson talked about America's wickedness was inviting God's wrath. Rolling Stone has a good piece on this, and it says in the article, Talking to Pastor Jim Garlow on a broadcast of the World Prayer Network, Johnson spoke omin- ominously of America facing a civilizational moment. He said, in quotes, The only question is, is God going to allow our nation to enter a time of judgment for our collective sins? Or is he going to give us more one more chance to restore the foundations, and return to him. I guess the segment was filmed on October 3rd, which of course was just, what, three weeks before he became Speaker of the House. And he cited, I mean, this is a troubling, this is an interestingly troubling interview where Johnson talks about how our culture is dark, depraved. He talks about the decline of national church attendance, the rise of LGBTQ youth, He talks about how one in four high school students identifies as something other than straight. And he even invokes Sodom, you know, the Old Testament city that was destroyed by God for its wickedness with burning sulfur and rain. And he said in another part of the interview, "...we repent for our sins individually and collectively, and we ask that you not give us the judgment that we clearly deserve." This is interesting to me, and I think it actually fits nicely into the Trump movement in a lot of ways, because the old Republican Party, the Reagan Republican Party, the Bush Party, whether or not you like their principles, their policies, they had a kind of rosy view of the United States, of America. It was a proud patriotic party. And the Trump movement and apparently the evangelical ultra-Christian ultra movement is very like, everything sucks, America's bad. I alone can fix this. We need more faith. We need more culture wars. And I think that's why a lot of evangelicals made that unholy kind of deal with Trump to support him because both of them have a fairly negative view of the United States. And so that's how you can get like Trump, who clearly has paid for numerous abortions, cheats on his wife. That's how you get him to make an alliance with the Mike Pence types is because both of them think the country sucks. It's eroding. It needs to be changed, and they're kind of okay with an authoritarian-guided movement to do so. And it's just interesting to see that the Speaker of the House thinks that this country is going to be punished for our collective sins, or talks about it at least. Look, look, we're living in probably one of the best times ever to be alive. 2023, yes, there are wars, there's plagues, there's violence, there's polarization, but I think the fact that we're seeing a rise in LGBTQ youth is because kids feel more welcome, more accepted. And instead of being that, like, I don't know, kid in high school who could never talk about their orientation or preferences or gender, we have a society where kids feel more welcome to do so. So I don't think that's actually a bad thing. Yes, I think the online culture war left, intersectionality, all of that stuff is too far. But I don't think our country is... In the worst times ever, I think we've we've gone a long way, and I forget who said it, but they said today is the best time in history to be alive. Each day is getting a little bit better, unless you had like a Trump 2.0 again, where they put in someone like him to lead the country. Yeah, you could see things go backwards really quickly. But it is troubling to me that the Speaker of the House is someone who believes the country might be punished by God for our collective sins. There are. Thousands of interpretations of the Bible. The Bible is an old document. There's a lot of arrogance and hubris from this guy that he thinks his interpretation is the only correct interpretation, and it's just it's just not what I think should be happening. And I'm curious what Republicans are thinking behind Clone's doors because the guy didn't have a lot of baggage. He's clean cut. He speaks well. But now that he's Speaker, a lot of dirt's coming up. Like him and his son, you know, on that Covenant tracking app where. They make sure each other aren't watching porn. I mean, it's weird. This guy's weird. He says his his global views and his policy views are in the Bible. That's not what we need right now when we have two wars, heated issues with Taiwan, which I'll talk about tomorrow. Not a great time to have a guy who says the Bible is his guiding policy. This is not anti-Christian at all. But this guy obviously puts the Bible over the Constitution. And that, to me, is very troubling. And so will Republicans pay for this in the next upcoming elections maybe but we're so divided that I could also see nothing happening now the one thing i am torn on about mike johnson is that he did kind of work with democrats and at least keep the government open yes there's two phases we're going to have to get back to back to this whole conversation in january again yes there's no funding for israel or ukraine but he did work with Democrats to make a deal. And I guess that's good news. So anyways, a little bit shorter episode. I just wanted to get those thoughts out and uh, have a great Friday night. As always, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. I'm out there. And so anyways, I'll be back tomorrow and hopefully we'll cover some interesting stuff. Have a great night.